Listener discretion is advised as the Ebenistas podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content. Oh, f- the peach is not anything crazy. It just softens it up a little bit, but it's I wouldn't get it again. Yeah. Does it taste like it has a lot of sugar in it? Yes. I uh, see. That's the stuff I can't do. I like it. <laughs> Taking this drink. Should I? Should I not? Stay strong, my sister. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be doing this, right? (laughs) head on the mic. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) It just hurt more than I thought. It's the little red dot at the top. Yo, that's pointy. Exactly. (laughs) You'll do some damage. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Ebenistas podcast. I am Jabby, and my lovely co-host is... Doreen. Hi. <laughs> Actually, this week, I meant to say my nerdy co-host. <laughs> How dare you call me exactly what I am? <laughs> you should be proud. Wave that flag. Yeah. <laughs> that nerdy freak flags. Yeah. So this week, we are going in on secret societies as part of our conspiracy series. Conspiracy series. Conspiracy series? Conspiracy series or conspiracies series? Conspiracies. Conspiracies. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll figure that out later. Series. 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 I don't know. Okay. Look, we're going to have to discuss this later. (laughs) We're going to discuss some organizations that you may know and others you may have never heard of. I know I definitely went down the rabbit hole again with this one. And found a lot of stuff that I didn't know of. I mean, it's kind of similar to like the whole cults thing. Like, you know, the basics, right? There's these other ones that are just as wild, but they don't get as much attention. First, I'm going to check in with you. Uh, I have been, I had a busy weekend. It was Labor Day weekend. So I didn't do as much self-quarantining as I should have. And so I am quarantining myself for the next two weeks just to be on the safe side. All right. Um, But I had a great weekend. My cousin was in town. You know, she dragged me out to a lot of places. I had a lot of fun. We did, um, one of my cousins did like a Black Panther movie night in his backyard and we social distanced and had our chairs and, you know, he had a big screen. It was really cool. So rest in peace again, Chadwick. We miss you. We miss you so much. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know, you told me you did a movie night, but you didn't tell me which movie it was. So that's pretty Wakanda cool. forever. Forever. By the end of it, everyone's crying. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm ready to watch it. It took me forever after Prince died to listen to anything from him. Once I did listen to something, I like, there was all kinds of emotions and I was like, I don't. So I think the thing that will bother me sometimes is that I was listening to like a car commercial and they were playing Whitney Houston. And I was like, um, I really feel like Whitney would not have agreed with this for her songs, but like, you. or like you've been hearing Prince a lot on a lot of these like commercials and soundtracks and things like that. But when he was alive, he was very adamant about making sure that he was not on that. He was yeah. like, if you want, it doesn't stream anywhere. He was like, if you want my music, you need to go and buy it. You know, like it wasn't on any of the shows, any commercials. He was very against it. But once they passed away, you know, their all their stuff goes to their estate and they're just like, let's make that money. You yeah, know, yeah. you're in the grave. So it doesn't really matter what they wanted. So I, I don't know. That kind of bothers me a little bit. All I know is we miss all of you. So let's start off our discussion quickly with the explanation. What are secret societies? So basically, in layman's terms, these are adult clubs with selected individuals who do weird things that the public is not privy to. So that's 
my definition. <laughs> some of the things they do are legal, some are not, but I'm pretty sure we all assume most of it is illegal. I got that basically from my favorite scholarly source of Wikipedia. There is a historian, his name is Richard B. Spence of the University of Idaho, and he basically had three points of what makes a secret society. Tell us their secrets. Tell us. Shh, shh. Oh my gosh, you know what we didn't discuss? Okay, we'll discuss it after this. Anyways. <laughs> the three things first one is the group's existence is usually not kept secret but some beliefs or practices are concealed from the public and require an oath of secrecy to learn second is the group promises superior status or knowledge to members and third the group's membership is in some way restrictive such as by race sex religious affiliation or invitation only mm -hmm. so that sounds about right to me there is a couple other individuals that study secret societies that had similar points of what could be defined as a secret society. This guy just had the best one, so I picked him. I like it. Keep it. Use it. I found this part pretty interesting but counterintuitive, but there are some countries that have banned secret societies due to their frequent political agency. Italy and Poland, for example, are two countries that have done that. And these bans are actually written within their constitution. It was counterintuitive to me because I'm just like, guys, just make it more secret. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like Italy maybe banned it just because of their close relation to the Vatican mm -hmm. and all the secrets that have plagued them. And I'm sure there's been some threats to overthrow or take over or take more space or whatever. I can't help but feel like that's the reason why for them. I mean, that's pretty much what that was, like why the bans are happening in certain countries so they can avoid these societies having political, what do you call it? Favoritism. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of their government. Just do like fight club rules. What's the first yes. rule of fight club? <laughs> exactly. First rule of fight club. Worship Brad Pitt. Yeah, that's, 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 that doesn't need to be said. <laughs> Did you see him though? That movie still stands though. It's such a great, the book is great. I have watched the movie a lot mm -hmm. because the first time I watched it, I was like, what is happening? This dude is really weird. Mm -hmm. But that was also my first introduction to things Ikea. Remember when he would kept on ordering from the catalog? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Edward Norton. Yes. And I was like, what is, what is this Ikea place and what the hell do they sell? They <laughs> bought a whole room. And then I ordered the catalog and I was just like, oh. I oh, get I get it. Mm -hmm. I want to go to there. <laughs> and now you have an understanding of how crappy some of their stuff can be mm -hmm. and then how okay some of their stuff can be. Mm -hmm. So in relation to the bands, I actually found a petition that someone tried to put into play back in 2015, which called for the ban of members of secret societies from serving in the UK government and parliament positions as it stands today, the petition is closed, but it only had 22 signatures. So obviously that didn't work out too well. Because there's a lot of people in secret societies that make the rules, son. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Secret. It always makes me think of Cruel Intentions. Do you remember that movie? Of course. Okay, thank you. Part of, I couldn't tell if you thought I was a crazy person by the look you gave me or if you were like, bitch, duh. No, so was I was stuff. thinking of the other movie with the, what was his name? Um... Skull and Bones. Do you remember that one? Oh, with Pacey. With Pacey. He has a real name, Daniel. Josh. Joshua. I don't know, but his wife is gorgeous and they just had a baby and yeah. I love him. <laughs> In The Cruel Intentions, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is talking to Selma Blair's character and she's like talking about how everyone has sex, just no one talks about having sex as often. And Selma Blair's character is like, so like a secret society 
And Sarah Michelle's, she's like, yeah, okay, honey. A secret society. Yeah. She's like, secret society. Secret society. <laughs> I do remember that scene. <laughs> Great movie. That is pretty much the definition. Um, very quick. Um, I hope you use my definition because it's fun. So, Miss Doreen, I think you have the first one for us. So, in doing research for secret societies, my first thought was Illuminati, right? But you guys, you know, you know what that is. You've heard enough about it. So, I was like, no, I want to find one that I've never heard of. So, I'm pretty sure, oh, that was about to sound really angry. I'm sorry, not angry, arrogant. I was like, if I haven't heard of it, then that means you haven't either. I was like, wait, that's... (laughs) That's not, <laughs> that's not that's what she means. <laughs> but I wanted to present something different. So I hope that you haven't heard of this one. So it's called the United Order of Tents. Um, it was founded 100 years ago by African-American women in Charleston. They were initially formed as a, a secret society comprised and operated solely by African-American women. And they were trying to help with the Underground Railroad in Norfolk, Virginia. And um, so the founder, her name was Annetta Lane. She helped slaves during their escape from the South through their journey on the railroad. But After the Emancipation Proclamation, Annetta decided that there was still a need for African-American women to join together for the strength and security in the new free world. So to this end, the United Order of Tents was created because they had a much longer name in the beginning, but they shortened it to that. And so they really helped during like the turmoil of Reconstruction, which was the time after slavery was abolished. It was just a really confusing time. No one really knew what to do or how to go about it. So they thought that they could help to uplift the African American community through mutual aid and personal betterment. So there's a chance that Harriet Tubman may have been a part of this. Yeah, man. Probably. Well, I don't know. Let me not say that because there's going to be like some historian. Well, technically, she was not. But if you know otherwise, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) I mean, but I'd imagine hopefully she knew something about it. Or I mean, there were so many I mean, there are so many different chapters of it, you know, because there's people are states away and connecting here, connecting there. She could have not known anything about it. I thought that was pretty cool to see that there was like a, I mean, I guess it was already there, right? I mean, it had yeah. to be some kind of secret society to keep the Underground Railroad going. So. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? Yep. So then in 1956, the Charleston chapter, they decided that they wanted to really embed, you know, their organization's history into the city. So they purchased 73 Cannon Street. It was a mid-19th century single house served as, which served as the headquarters for the order for about 56 years. Since they acquired the property, it has filled all these different needs, such as a meeting house, a stage for the members' sacred rituals, office and managerial space, a fundraising event venue, and an income producing property i need to know what these secret rituals are i have so many questions because like their whole mission is to uplift the african-american community so i'm like what rituals are we doing so when i was looking this up i didn't really find too much i found a lot about what they did for the community in new york they had like a headquarters in bedsty it looks like over the years uh-huh. the, the homes that they purchased started to really decline And so they kind of ended up, you know, either letting the property go or being foreclosed on. I think it's just dope that it was a secret society of like black women. Oh, yeah. In in that day and age, you know, just think about how, how rare that must have been, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. Operating during those times, I mean, the additional danger it posed if someone was to find out about them. 
In the summer of 2012, the building and its services were extricated from the order due to a city-enforced public nuisance code. This was recognized as demolition by neglect. So at that time, the tents were operating out of scattered venues across the city, and there was a possibility that they were going to lose their um, meeting house at 73 Cannon Street. And the next thing that I was able to find was in 2018, actually, Charleston's Livability Court dismissed the public nuisance summons, and the Preservation Society of Charleston helped fence off the home and board up its windows. So this is kind of like a temporary fix to the the overall issues, which is them being able to keep these buildings up to code and, you know, preserve such a historical place and keep their um, organization running. So according to the Preservation Society of Charleston, um, the tents are now on its seven to save list. And the director, Evan Thompson, said the group also would like to bring attention to the value of the tents as social work, not just its building issues. So if you're so inclined to find out more or possibly assist them, their website is unitedorderoftents.org. I definitely felt some type of way seeing the website and seeing what they're going through. And I was like, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to help this organization? Because it's so important. Something that we never heard of before, but, you know, its history is important. Yeah, I did find a little bit more. There's a lot of stands. Um, they, they stand together and talk about things. They link hands mm-hmm. and they sing. They have a whole thing with like roses, different, ro- different colored roses mean different things. But they are extremely private about what happens behind the scene. They allow people to come to these meetings, but they have special like little side meetings where only those who are in the group can actually find out about. Mm. And despite all the research that I've done, I have not been able to find anything about what they do in these secret meetings. You would think in this day and age, you would find more, but there's just not a lot. There's just not a lot. They really are doing a good job of keeping it a secret. But I mean, whatever they're doing, they're clearly doing it right. They've been able to keep it going for, you know, this long. Mm -hmm. Um, They are a Christian benevolent association. I noticed Um, that. mm Mm-hmm. But they also used to act as a bank for a lot of the freed slaves when, you know, they would give them insurance when no one else would. They really stood as like a pillar in the community to help keep the African-American community alive and flourishing and and growing. So whatever they're doing, keep doing it as long as you're not like murdering people, right? Like, yeah, yeah, please do that. (laughs) Um, not like these other societies but i have to say looking at the website the president lottie's gloston she is wearing this church hat okay this is a serious church hat (laughs) and i love it she's about that life about this life girl (laughs) so the next group that we have are the freemasons and these are kind of known but we like them so let's get into it Freemasons have always intrigued me. I had a friend that became a Mason. What? Oh, yeah, over a decade ago. My grandfather was a Mason. My uncle. Shut up. Um, I have oh, a that's long... so funny. Actually, my grandfather actually claims to be to have, be a member of the Freemasons as well. We don't know. Like he's sometimes we're just like, Grandpa, are you lying to us? Are you messing with this? But apparently he he's also a member. Yeah. So it was interesting. I mean, so I grew up with it around me, but they didn't talk about it at all you knew that it, they were part of it and that was the extent of it. Yeah. But I had a friend that went through the process and I really wanted to know more about it. I was like, you know, my grandpa says this. I spent maybe three to four hours online researching as much as I could find. Mm-hmm. 
when I tell you I read things in circles and I've still walked away with hardly any answers. Really? It, it was really interesting. So do a little research, but let, let's talk about how they started. Okay. Freemasons can actually trace their lineage back to none other than King Solomon. It said that they built his temple with their secret knowledge that was transferred from one generation of stonesmen to the next. That is called the Mason Stone. Typically, if you look at an arch, there's like a triangular shaped stone in the middle that's actually holding the entire arch together. How that stone, like the dimensions and everything about that, it's called the Mason Stone, but that's a secret that they kept. Arches weren't a thing. Yeah. So I feel like I remember a friend of mine, because I have a friend that's really into this too, and I'm going to ask him about the book that he has and recommend it to you. Mm -hmm. But I remember being freaked out about that. Their whole thing is based off of like architecture. But at the time, people didn't know how to build anything. They were still kind of learning how to do that. They were all put it up, you know, and then square. But like an arch was like, what? How did you do this? Explain it to us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when I think about it that way, like the way I think about it in my head initially, I'm just like, wait, you have a whole secret society based off of just building stuff? But that does make sense during those times. Right. And at the time with the church being what it was, there was a lot of demand to build really intricate churches. Think about how churches look today and how they look back then. They were always pretty ornate. And so by keeping it a secret, it allowed the Freemasons to amass wealth because they only pass it on from someone in the organization. So I'll tell you my secret, you know, and then you tell the next person or you tell your son and then you bring him into the organization, but it allowed them to amass a lot of money, which is kind of what started a lot of the, I guess, um, the kind of allure, you know, into their organization. So they actually kind of got started in the middle ages And because they were thrown into a lot of different situations where they had to do, you know, they had to build things from like from a a far away area, they would go abroad and build things, right? Because they had these secrets. So they would take them with them, they would send them to places. But how do you know when you're in a place that you've never been, how you can if you can trust the people that you're working with. So they formed the organization. And how do you prove that you're in the organization? Because I could be like, hey, I'm a Freemason. Yeah, tell me, you know? Yeah. So in order to validate the members of this organization, they came up with a secret code, like, you know, a handshake. So during the initiation, right? So let me start off. So Masons are male. They do have another order now for women. It's not recent, but called the Eastern Stars, which is the female equivalent of the organization. So Masons, they have an initiation. You learn more and more as you go higher up in the hierarchy of the organization. Sorry, maybe you haven't gotten to this part yet. I might be jumping the gun, but what are they learning more about? Like, So from what I understand, again, hours of research have not told me much Mm. about this what we don't know something about life there's a certain level of like religion and like their belief system Mm -hmm. um all i can say and like don't come for me guys but (laughs) my grandfather who's you know who rest in peace but he reached a certain level of the organization in his later years and just said no i'm done and stopped refused to go back wouldn't go back to meeting he said something that he learned made him not want to be associated with this group anymore but he was I mean literally at the the highest echelon that you could get and then he was like nope I'm out so what that was we don't know he never told us he never told us anything at all we just noticed that he stopped going to meetings and refused to talk about it so it was just kind of weird I'm gonna go and like call my grandpa now and just be like dude I need to know Tell me all your secrets. All of them. Um, so, but Masons call their secret handshake the grip. 
and they have a lot of symbols like you've probably seen the little like triangle symbols like on people's cars or wallets you've never seen them i don't i like i know of them i don't know much about them so this is all once you see this symbol and i'll send it to you you'll see that a lot more people than you realize are masons this a lot of the symbols that they use are also indicative of a secret that they have. Oh. Um, yeah, see? I haven't seen it on something with someone. I've just seen it before. Masons also have to swear a secret blood-freezing oath not to betray the secrets that they have learned. Here's a quote. Under no less a penalty than that of having my throat cut across, my tongue torn out by the root, and my body buried in the sand of the sea at low water mark. That's how intense it is they are not allowed to talk about it now now that i've like built it up to this whole big hype right i mean while they some of their rituals and secrets can create a lot of mystery and make you wonder what are they doing what are they up to so for example did you know that the the two presidents that were assassinated were the only two presidents that weren't masons shut the f up kid you not yeah so wait kennedy and who else uh, is it? what's the guy in the abraham lincoln Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Well, wait, you know what? I don't know about the one that's in the office now or the one before him. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. As of George Bush, it was that way. That's interesting to me because like they're not supposed to talk. I mean, it, it, obviously it's something like similar, like my grandfather told my family, your grandfather told his family, but then there's nothing else after that. I'm interested in the fact that your grandfather decided not to go back after he learned something. Yeah. I would imagine that they would want to silence him. Not that I would wish anything on anyone, of course. It's almost like a gang, right? Once you're out, you know too much kind of thing. Well, it's been said that the higher up you go, especially when you start getting towards the top, people start to find different ways of, again, this is just hearsay i don't know if this is the truth but they start to learn different ways to control and manipulate the world around them Mm -hmm. it's been said that some masons who are higher up can um actually levitate and go for days without eating and like they unlock something but i don't know if that's true or not but yeah that's wild but what happens when someone like your grandfather just decides i'm not going anymore you know you can leave you just can't tell anyone what you learned huh Interesting. Okay, sorry. So, I have so many questions. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. But now that we've like hyped up the Masonic like order, um, even though it is secret wrapped in secrets, wrapped in secrets, once a wrapping is removed, basically, and this is confirmed through the research that I've done, it is revealed that their moral principles are really just that you should be a nice guy, mm-hmm. learn more about the world, remember that death put things in perspective. Mm. They do so many good things. They do a lot of like community work, charity work. They have car washes, events. You know, they do so many good things for the community, like so many of these societies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting. Yeah. So Freemasons out here having like holding got kids holding up signs like we'll come wash your themselves. Car. They will go out there themselves and do that kind of stuff. Are there like signs with like their symbol and be like Freemasons? So I know part of their initiation is that they need to like for people who are trying to become a Freemason, Mm -hmm. they have to raise a certain amount of money through just donations by any means necessary by getting people to to do something kind for others and getting people to donate whatever they want towards your cause. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So like you really have to do good to be Hmm. part of it. 
I learned so many things. I still have so many questions. Like it almost bothers me so much because I feel I can feel it from you too that it's just like you want more. I need more answers and I don't accept this feeling left out thing. <laughs> and I've dated Freemasons and I mean, let me tell you, mom's the word. They do not talk about it. Really? So, yeah, I've asked like flat out, tell me your secrets. I have these questions and they're just like, nope, can't talk about it. Sorry. Nope. Wait. Nope. So Freemasons aren't necessarily people that are rich. No. Because that's what I think of all the time. I think of like people who have a lot of money and keeping wealth amongst each other. Freemasons, like a fraternity or sorority, it's about the connections Mm -hmm. to a wide group of people that you may not normally have access to. Mm. Those, the well-connected people tend to have more money, tend to be more financially secure because if Mm -hmm. you stay in your box in your small town and you're never exposed to anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Then you're always going to be in that small town. That's true. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so maybe we should look up how to be part of the female counterpart of that. The Eastern Stars, you, you have to be invited. Fuck. Yeah. You have no connections? I actually, that's not true. I know one Eastern Star. I do. Hello. Oh, no, I lied. She denounced all of her organizations and her Greek letters because of she felt like they were demonic in um, their base, their roots. Never mind. Okay. Well, we'll just have to keep trying. Hey, if you're so- listening reach out to us invite us <laughs> we want to know i don't think they want us anymore they're probably like nah these I'll bitches talk are talking much. way too much <laughs> look at them just over here trying first to rule of fight club <laughs> well we changed the first rule so <laughs> you can't judge us <laughs> so what did you find in your uh your research so I too, I was similar to you. I was like, I don't want to read about the normal, you know, cults or I'm sorry. Woo. Apparently there's a difference between a cult and a secret society. So sometimes, you know, what's funny is that's actually something I really wanted to look into and I just missed out on having the time to do it. I wanted to see what, like really break it down. What is the difference between a cult and a secret society? I mean, I mean, just think about it for a second. Like, Okay. Guessing, I mean, a secret society seems like it's more voluntary. Like, I mean, they're both voluntary, um, but it seems like they're not as manipulative to keep you there. Well, I feel like cults kind of operate out in, you know, they're not secretive. They're not pretending. Don't tell anyone you're a part of this group. Mm-hmm. They want you to bring more members in. They want you to like bring as many people, bring some money, bring this. Mm-hmm. They're a little more predatory. And it's not like most of these groups are, you need to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Got so you. A connection. They don't just bring random people into it. And then cults usually have some sort of religious belief, affiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about worship and not necessarily about doing good or keeping a secret or passing on information. It's usually a religious aspect to it right or well i mean you you just mentioned i mean the the freemasons have a religious part right mm-hmm. and so do um the tents mm-hmm. so you know yeah that's that's a thing but i think actually the key thing that i didn't think about was most cults operate under worshiping a a person yeah and a person manipulating the entire group for their own benefit so there you go. And then it yeah. seems like secret societies are more about creating a community and, you know, doing whatever they need to do in secret. Not always, right? Like the Knights Templar. Anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> I was similar to you where I didn't want to look up the usuals, right? So I found this group and it's almost like it exploded into several different groups. Before you start, 
Uh-huh. I saw this word and I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear Jabby try to sound this out. Let's do this. <laughs> well, lucky for you, I read it a number of times. Oh, so I think I got it. You ready? Let's, let's see. All right. Do not edit this out. Do it. No, never. Confraternities in Nigeria. Wow. It's actually pretty easy when you break it down. I was saying confraternities and I was like, nope, that's not it. No, there's no N. Yeah, confrant. No, no, no. There's no N after the A. Confraternities. Fraternities. Con fratern- fraternities. I got you mixed up. Good. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, I said it right initially. So listen, that word is ridiculous, but listen up. The shit is wild, okay? This is totally different, I think, from the last two uh, secret societies that we talked about. And I think this is why I said cults by accident, because they're a little more crazy. The confraternities of Nigeria are a secret society, but they are offshoots of the pirate confraternity, which was started by seven members in 1953 who wanted to even the playing field of their university by differentiating themselves from stodgy establishment and its pretentious products in a new educational institution, different from a culture of hypocritical and affluent middle class, different from alienated colonial aristocrats, quote unquote. That was a lot of information. Colonizers. Colonizer. Oh, hello, colonizer. Yeah, you got it. So very easily, I mean, like, if you need like the short version of that, they basically wanted to lift up students that did not have the same privileges as those who were middle class in their university. Meanwhile, keep in mind, this started in 1953, right? I mean, these things go on for, for decades and decades. I mean, you had the Freemasons that were from King Solomon. Like, that's ridiculous. What ended up happening was in the 70s and 80s, the offshoots of the pirate, 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 I don't know pirate p-y-r-a-t-e confraternity really took off and these groups spread across nearly 300 universities in the country in the 80s something else happened the nigerian military took notice that the confraternities were keeping students and staff that were opposed to the military in check so the military ended up providing the various groups with money and weapons to use against those in opposition nice right but the weapons ended up just being used mostly against other confraternities So it's so weird. Like most, um, I think, religious groups, like you have a certain section of people that don't believe in one little area of the whole Christianity or something, for example. So they create an offshoot. Then that's why we have all these other different versions of Christianity around. Well, they believe this. They don't believe this and da-da-da. And that's what makes them different, right? So the same Mm -hmm. thing happened, but these groups were constantly basically at war with each other. And... I mean, it sounds like religion to me. <laughs> just saying. This was just wild. There was one story that I read where that these kids were stockpiling weapons from the military in their dorm rooms. And, you know, they would anticipate or like put together these raids on these other confraternities at other school locations. And it was just- their weapons? With the weapons, like it was just constant battle. So there was another shift that happened in the 90s and the groups, here we go, started engaging in more cult-like and mafia-esque activities. There was actually a group I read about that they took on a similarity to the Italian mafias. 
these groups became like super dangerous. The female versions of the groups began sprouting up and some of them involved spying on behalf of their male counterparts and or being prostitution rings for the male groups. Oh man. Yeah. Some of the things that they used to do because they're all part of universities, right? Forcing professors to give passing grades by threatening their lives or kidnapping their family members, launching attacks on campus against other confraternities. As I mentioned before, there was one where this kid was hacked to death in his dorm room. He was killed, but then they went also to find other members in that same school to do the same. I couldn't find out if they killed the other members or not, but they like intentionally went in to kill these other kids. What the hell? Yeah. Initiations were brutal as well. It got bad. Um, The initiations included men raping the popular women on campus Oh, my God. Um, Or women being forced into dangerous slash rough sex acts, accepting money from political figures in order to intimidate opposition. This president wants to win again, so they would hire these kids to go out with their military weapons, what have you, to intimidate the opposition. What started off as a college group turned into all of this. Yeah, and a college group, nonetheless, that was trying to uplift the kids that had less, you know, the poor communities that happened to make it to the university in the first place, which is amazing. Now they got wrapped into this, you know, and the military now is supplying them with money and all these things. So on one end, you know, I don't know all the details of the country, their wealth and what have you, but I'm imagining that to get yourself drawn into this type of behavior you must be desperate in some kind of way to support your family and support yourself, make it through university so that you can continue in the world. But at what cost? Right. The whole thing, I, I was just like, oh my God. Like, like when it first started off and it started talking about the offshoots happening in the 70s and 80s, I was like, this feels like culty. And then all of a sudden it was like, it happens like in my reading. I was like, ah, okay, there it goes. In total... There is an estimate in 2002 that there have been 250 people that had been killed in campus cult-related murders in the previous decade. There was another estimate that 115 students and teachers had been killed between 1993 and 2003. There was a more recent one, but it's specific to Benin City, which is the Edo state capital. Um, this is all in Nigeria again. In 2008 and 2009, with over 40 cult-related deaths record monthly. 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 Sheesh. So they literally went from secret society, hanging out, hopefully we can do something good for our peers or whatever, to just straight up cult. Murder. That one was crazy. I (laughs) I don't, I mean, obviously it's just like reading about that. I was just like, oh, okay. I stumbled upon something very scary, but that's the confraternities in Nigeria. I think that in doing some research, especially with the Black quote-unquote secret societies, a lot of them were started and are extremely important because they provided their members with mutual aid and protection, whether it was religious, cultural, social, recreational, physical, economical, or political, but they helped people feel safe. 
<laughs> I know, right? I was like, ooh, yeah, it was like 10 in a row. Um, but they were there essentially to help people feel safe and sometimes to preserve the truth and history from the Knights Templar who date back to uh, 1119, which ooh. they were a Catholic military order that was so rich, they lent king's money. They wore like a white robe and like a red cross during the Crusades. If you've seen any of those movies, uh, you've seen the Knights yeah. Templar. Yeah. That's and- them? Yeah, that's them. Interesting. Um, but they ended up being ostracized and wiped out due to rumors that were apparently started by a king who could not repay his debt. He mm-hmm. had them completely like they had to go into hiding. Some people still think that the Knights Templar still exist till today. They have ties still back to the Vatican. And then, you know, but again, it was just over a rumor. The king was like, yeah, I got this money, though. But hey, did y'all hear this? Like, Mm-mm. you know, and then <laughs> just like that. Gone. Oh. Um, And then to the Illuminati that so many celebrities are said to be a part of, Mm -hmm. remember that the Illuminati simply means the enlightened ones, nothing more. It started off as a group dedicated to learning what the church would not let them, you know, stuff like math and science. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You mean reality? Yeah. But back then you couldn't believe in science and believe in religion. So A lot of these secret societies were not created to take over the world like Pinky and the Brain. You know, oh, they. <laughs> I feel like that's us sometimes. Yeah, let's like, do we're it. getting ready to like record or we're having our meetings. I'm just like, what are we doing tonight, Brain? <laughs> getting ready to take over the world. Yeah. Um, but I think it goes to show the power of rumors, yeah. how rumors can create these secret society and create this mystery, and they've done this and they've done that. But unlike the secret society, the contra for Frater, damn, now it's me. <laughs> the one in Nigeria. Um, <laughs> the cult. College group turned secret society, turned cult, turned mafia. Can you imagine like a group on college net, na- like on college grounds now? Like imagine FIU. Yeah. Like just like the was it the African American group or like even just like a Greek group that's just like, hey, we're here to do whatever. So I just remember being like, what if you joined the Caribbean Association? You remember that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like big what if you joined that and then boom, it's like, yeah, we're about to take over, man. We're about to take over all these South Florida campuses, son. You know what I'm saying? We're about to go up to FA. Get rid of these Greeks. No more Greeks in this bitch. <laughs> like that's how? How do you go from I I'm, Anyway, it's a lot. I feel like it was one bad apple that was just like, I'm about to take over, son. Oh, yeah, probably. I think that and it just maybe someone with like a, you know, with with a God complex just like went crazy. I mean, technically, it took them a little under 20 years to start acting like that. Well, the 90s. Okay, I'm sorry. So the 90s, a little less than 40 years. I mean, that's no time to be around. Yeah. shit we should talk about this all day all night because there are a ton more secret societies that we barely even touched on the surface of but nonetheless we talked about the ones that we felt like talking about because this is our show yeah so i actually had just had another thought i feel like and this is probably written in psychology somewhere or sociology somewhere is just like this constant need for humans to be a part of these types of groups, not necessarily secret society groups, but we're constantly looking to be a part of some kind of group. And we're always trying to form that. Like I know, for instance, I mean, harmlessly, you know, we left Miami and then I was like, okay, now we're in a new city. I'm like, I need to find my group. I need to find my people. And it's just like, 
it's weird. Like we're constantly we're literally talking about the study of anthropology, the yeah. study of people and groups. Like that's it. If you had paid better attention to Professor Pedraza, listen, you would understand this better. Listen, <laughs> Professor Pedraza was not there to teach me that. She was too busy talking about Fulanita and Diego telling me about her boyfriend, her ex-husbands and giving bad advice about marriage. I promise you, girl, I went to those classes ready to learn because that's how I am. Like, I want to be there to learn. And she, that's all she gave us. Things, the lessons that I learned in her class, I literally changed my, my major to anthropology for like a one second. semester. But, <laughs> and then I was like, wait, so I can go with like Jane Seymour and go be with the monkeys? And like, that's it? Oh, I'm good on that. Yeah. But I like taking these classes. Yeah, they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> now I just wasted some money. Maybe we can look into that more. I mean, maybe maybe our next topic, we talk about a little more anthropology. Actually, can I tell you really quick before we go? My first anthropology class, I failed miserably with a D. That was my first year of college. I always tell people, I'm like, I was not ready for college. And then I took the class, I failed with a D. And then I took the class a second time. And I think I passed with either a B minus or a C or a high C. I can't remember one of the two, but Everything that lady taught me in that class, I completely understood. I got her examples. Mm-hmm. She told stories that were the lessons, and I under I got it. It clicked for me. Hmm. So I got an A in her class. A she must have been on something different when she was with us because we didn't get none of that shit. <laughs> won't lie. Towards the end of the classes that I took with her, she definitely had some moments where I was like, "Are you really okay? Like maybe this isn't so much funny as like a cry for help." No, if I remember faintly, she did admit like she having some mental health issues. If I remember correctly, I feel like I remember that her saying that matter of factly to the class. Mm-hmm. But, but I loved her nonetheless. Neither here nor there. But anyway, because anthropology, and maybe we'll we'll talk about that later. But Miss Doreen, take us out, girl. Um. So again, thank you for joining us for another fantastic episode of the <laughs> Ebenistas podcast. You learned something. <laughs> I hope so. Stuff you missed in anthropology class. Um. <laughs> I did. The Masons started off because they're started building stuff. Yeah. And they built the triangle that kept everything together. And then they didn't mm-hmm. want to tell everybody else because they were like, "F that. We're about to make some cash, son." But people do tend to try to seek out. The company of others. We are not solitary creatures. So it makes sense that people are drawn to cults and religions and to secret organizations. I mean, it literally goes back to our very biological composition. So I hope you enjoyed it. After this, actually, we're going to close out. Okay, guys, right now I'm just leaving my house, (laughs) getting in the car, and I'm just driving to the middle of nowhere, probably Montana, maybe. I'll find a cult, right? I'll hit a cult somewhere in there. Yeah, definitely. 100%. You're in the right direction. Perfect. All right. Um, but yeah. we, we aren't meant to be alone. So it explains all this. So I hope you learned something. And if you guys want to learn more or if you have any secret societies that you want us to talk mm-hmm. about or you want to tell us about or give us the Masonic secrets. Or do you want to start one? Let's, should we, so we, we, we thought about starting a sex cult and now we need to start a secret society. And we're starting a nation as well. Yeah. Yeah, we are. All that. Come join right. us. One of our episodes, we're going to lay all this shit out. I'm in it. We've been trying to say goodbye for like five minutes now. Yeah, but thanks for joining us. (laughs) That's all we have. Bye. Bye, guys. Cult Secret Society. Secret Society. Oh, The Ebenezer Podcast was created, written, recorded, and produced by Jabby and Doreen. Theme music by Chris Black of Truck Music Productions. 